Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. The show that will not only help you survive, but thrive, thrive in your first year. Our mission is to find and pass along knowledge to new drivers that will make them the safest drivers on the road and provide a firm stepping stone into a successful career. Our show is not just for new drivers. It is also an outlet for experienced drivers to share their knowledge. If you have a question, a comment, or a topic, press 1 and we will get you on the show. We can talk about safety, managing your finances, living on the truck, hours of service, compliance, or anything else you want to talk about. Uh, Tonight's topic, however, is driving for optimal fuel mileage. I got my co-host here with me, Russ Morgan. Hi, Russ. How's it going? Uh, It's going. Yeah, it's definitely going. It's going better than uh, my APU is. (laughs) (laughs) You and your APU, man. Oh, man. I just had to turn mine off because it's too cold in here. Yeah, no, just get, just get my APU fixed, and uh, uh, then the uh, alternator goes out on it. So, uh, And what's sad is the alternator is higher on the APU than it was for the truck. So, it's because it's so small. Uh, yeah, it must be. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, tonight we're talking about driving for fuel mileage. Um, we got Ross is very knowledgeable on that subject. Uh, I got some experience on that subject, and we also have somebody else here who's been on the show before from the uh, nine plus mile per gallon Facebook page. So we're going to go ahead and bring William on. Shit, I'm not even on that page anymore. Hello. Hey, William, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Melissa? Uh, you know, we're doing. How you doing? <laughs> I'm riding through uh, Mississippi right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. when I thought about doing a show on driving for fuel mileage, you're the first person that I thought of, well, you and your dad. But um, since you've been on the show before, I figured you uh, might want to come on again and offer some advice for the best way to drive for fuel mileage. Sure, anything I can do to help you out, Melissa. Appreciate um, it. So, what overall? What's the best way to drive for optimal fuel mileage? Best way to drive. Okay. The, well, there's different aspects of uh, driving for fuel mileage. One of them is driving habits. So, I guess we could talk about driving habits first. Um, okay. You know, it's finding the first thing you want to do in driving for fuel mileage is basically look for your last gear which in my truck, it's an automatic. Uh, your last gear is, gonna, is uh, 12, you know, my 12th gear. And uh, in that 12th gear, you want to look for your lowest RPM. And that, that, you know, lesser revolutions, lesser fuel you burn, obviously. And uh, right now, I'm, my lowest RPM is 11.5, something like that. So, you know, 1,150. Um so that's the first thing you want to look for is the lowest RPM in your highest gear. Now, that lowest RPM in your highest gear can range in, in miles per hour. Um, 
those that have been around in the industry a while, and I'm not one of them, unfortunately, but I, I had the uh, benefit of learning from people that have been around in the industry for a while. And um, that would be, um, they will tell you a, an old saying that goes, uh, less miles, more money. And if you live by this motto, you'll you'll be quite profitable in the industry. Um, so, anyway, the le- the lowest RPM in your last gear is usually going to be uh, probably around sixty or less, sixty miles per hour or less. Usually, depending depending on the truck, obviously, and 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 how many gears you have in it, and so on and so forth. Um. Uh, that's as far as driving habits. You gotta learn what Georgia Overdrive is. If you don't know, ask somebody. Definitely need to know what your Georgia Overdrive is. Um, and that's your econ mode and automatics. If anybody wants to know, you want that you want that econ mode to come on as much as possible. And if you're in a manual, that would be your neutral. You know, and uh, yeah, a lot of people tell you it's highly dangerous, but we're on a straightaway. It's not that dangerous. Um, and when you're going 55, it's not all that dangerous. Anyway, you're going to let it go. As long as you're not on eight above. Grade. What's that again? As long as you're not on, on eight eight percent grade. grade. Nah, nah, don't do it on that. Yeah, you have, you have Jake brakes for that. Which you know, whenever you run your Jake brakes, that cuts off your fuel injector. So you're saving on fuel when you're running those Jake brakes. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Uh, a lot of things I do, uh, don't don't rush up to red lights. It's another thing on driving habits. Don't rush up to red lights. Kind of coast up. Let it let it turn green for when you get there. So that way you're already rolling because it takes more fuel to come to start from stop than it does to start from rolling. Um, exit ramps. Try to coast those a little bit. You know, just anywhere you can get a good little small coast in. You know, try to get it in. Uh, obviously, you want to keep safety up there higher than saving on fuel. Um, and that, that's about, I mean, there's there's more to it on driving habits, but, I mean, that I guess that'd be more for an in-depth advanced lesson. <laughs> uh, right. Another factor of, of, of driving for fuel mileage. Oh, another thing, uh, when I was speaking of the 55-mile-an-hour rule, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people preach 55 miles per hour. My father, one of them. Um, so for a little lesson in aerodynamics for anybody out there, uh, for every five miles per hour you do over 55, now, as you start up and your speed increases, your wind resistance is going to get more and more. For every five miles per hour over 55, your wind resistance is going to double. So if you're going 60, it's doubled. If you're going 65, it's going to quadruple and so on and so forth. So, you know, the more miles, you know, yeah, don't don't necessarily mean more money, because you're going to spend more money on that fuel. All those extra miles you just got, you just spent on fuel. Plus, you're probably revving your RPMs up really high, and you're straining your engine. So therefore, you might see some maintenance time in the future. So there went some more of your money. So keep your RPMs low, and keep the truck out of the shop, and keep fuel savings in your pocket. You know, what, any other what kind of truck um, are you running? I run a six, a 2016 Freightliner Cascadia. Well, my wife and I, we were running team, but she had a, a medical emergency. She's on medical leave right now, and I'm having a solo currently. 
But when we were running team, we were getting anywhere from ten and a half to eleven and a half while we were running team. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now I run a two thousand two Columbia with a uh, uh, very high horsepower twelve seven eight. And uh, I'm uh, now I think you're lucky to get nine. Do what? No, no I'm, uh, I break nine regularly. Okay, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I break nine regularly. Uh, I run 57 mm-hmm. with a um, uh, in 12th gear. Um, and but I, my kind of sweet spot on the truck, as far as where it likes to run, where it gets its best fuel mileage and what have you, is, uh, you know, right between, <laughs> right, right around 1,400. Between 14 and 1,500 is where mine is just really, really happy Ooh. if I get... If I get down in the eleven twelve hundreds, it just lugs that twelve seven too hard. Yeah, lugging something you got to watch out for. When you're in a manual. When you're in an automatic, don't have to worry about lugging. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that in the DD fifteen versus the twelve seven too. I mean, two. To- mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, we own a twelve seven also, and it. Uh, you know, I've driven it, and I mean, they're they're two completely different animals. Uh, mm-hmm. Completely different animals. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I mean, in love I, with the I, new DD15. I want the brand new one that's got the, the eye power in it or something. So. Oh, the yeah, you don't have the predictive cruise. The I, I have uh, adaptive cruise control. Yeah. Oh, okay, but do you have the predictive one where where it'll go into coast all by itself? Um, yeah, that's adaptive have... cruise control for Freightliner. It's called adaptive cruise okay. control. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah mine, they, call I have it, that. they call it an IPM. I just got a uh, 2018 Freightliner Cascadia Evolution. And it's got the all the new models and all that stuff. It's yeah, not I'm, the new I'm body envious. style, but it's got all the new technology. Oh. But for some reason, I got the old body style. I don't know. It was It's through Schneider. So they didn't order the new body style, I guess. But The new ones uh, are supposed to get 8% better fuel mileage than the, the 17. Body style, right? Yeah, yep. so that that stinks, but you know, kind of didn't have a choice. <laughs> but I, I, pr- it's I what it is. I think it, I think it, yeah, I think it does pretty good. Uh, I feel like sometimes I can beat it though. What do you think? That you can what? I can do better with fuel mileage with my foot rather than using the cruise. I kind of use like a a mix of the two. Uh, whenever I see a nice little heel or grade or something, I'll just I'll either tap my brake or cancel the cruise and then resume it on on my on my steering wheel, and so that way it just mm-hmm. goes in the coast mode for as long as I want it to. Mm-hmm. I let it coast up and I let it coast up to probably 65 to 70 miles. Mm-hmm. I let it coast up to 70 miles per hour, and then I got mm-hmm. 70 miles per hour all the way back down to 55. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. Yeah, I can coast. If I find a good, a nice, steady downgrade, I can coast for a couple of minutes at a time. So, yeah. Hey, you're you're definitely in the nine-plus miles per gallon group, aren't you? <laughs> uh, not yet. I mean, I just got it, so it's, it's got 10,000 miles on it. So I'm still breaking it in. So I'm still in the eights right now, but I'm, I, I know I'm going to hit it as soon as I, you know, get past this break-in period. Okay. Um. I guess another uh, aspect of fuel mileage, uh, other than driving driving habits, would be uh, aerodynamics of your truck, and that's you know adding you know cutting off uh, wind brakes, as uh, we like to call it. 
Now, if, uh, I'm sure that some one thing I've, I've found is uh, in this industry, there's actually quite a lot of NASCAR fans. Now, if anybody ever looks into NASCAR racing, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest NASCAR fan in the world, but I did grow up in it. My father, before he started truck driving, was actually a NASCAR driver and drove in sportsman division for a few years. But um, anyway, uh, as far as NASCAR goes, they look for windbreaks on their car and smooth them out. And uh, that's something you got to look on your truck. Look, look for empty holes on the side of your truck and and look for a way to patch those holes up and and cut those windbreaks out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, aerodynamics is yeah, aerodynamics is huge. Um, mm-hmm. uh, with um, you know, I, uh, well, actually, on the tractor I've got right now, I haven't put the air tabs on it, but the rest of the tractors we have, I do have the air tabs on it. Uh, you know, that I'm not 100 percent sure it makes a difference in the fuel mileage. I know it makes a big difference in what I'm seeing when it's raining like crazy. That's the biggest uh, thing with that's those. The, that's the yeah. biggest thing with those. It, uh, the, the fuel mileage, I mean, I've seen the wind tunnel tests on it, and they show to work. Um, have I actually measured a difference in fuel mileage? No, not really, because I put too many things on at the same time. Um, but, you know, you were talking about driving habits also. Uh, well, uh, were your tractor skip shift? Were your automatic skip shift? Or aggressive uh, shift? Uh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Keep in mind, I've only been uh, in the industry shift. two years. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so progressive shift is something I, I progressive shift and I, and I skip shift a lot uh, in my tractor. And I, progressive shift, I, I take the RPMs just a little bit higher each time. So when I'm in the low gear box, I may go up to, um, you know, 700, 800. You know, and then maybe the next year nine, and then slowly, you know, bringing the, bringing the RPMs up, you know, just a little higher uh, for the next year. You see what I'm saying? Um, uh-huh. So, you know, I may, so I may be, you know, shift to the thousand, and then I may shift to eleven hundred, and then I may shift to twelve hundred, and you know, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, for each next gear. So, which is your progressive shift? You can actually. Uh, Slip that in the ECM on the uh, a lot of these new trucks with a progressive shift. Uh, although if you have a manual transmission, um, it may really chap your butt if you're climbing hills. Um, with the progressive shift, okay. because you can't tack it up, you, you know, at all to, uh, um, you know, to give the horsepower to go up the hill. But right. um, yeah, I didn't know if. You, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know if you, uh, it, uh, if he's got the same transmission as I do, which I think he does. It, it, it'll skip shift. It does it more when it's going down shifting than uh, when it's, it's going up. You're, are you asking if it'll hit? I'm sorry. Are you asking if it I'm skips sorry, gears? Yeah. Yeah, it'll skip gears definitely. It'll skip uh, like three or four gears yeah. sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, mine went from uh, nine to twelve one time. Uh, I was like, wow. One, wow. One so, thing yeah. I think we should point out, though, in the show, since uh, we brought up the issue, the uh, the uh, point of uh, air tabs, and this is trucking 101 for you know beginners in the industry, is how those air tabs work and what they're for. You know, uh, a lot of people okay. out there ask me, what are these things for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I thought it'd be a good idea to maybe pass the knowledge on, since this is a show for new truck drivers. Yeah. 
Well, well, go right ahead. Well, personally, personally, I do not use air tabs, but I am a big fan of them. Probably more so than what I'm using right now. I use bore blades, and uh, bore blades they uh, create a tornado, and uh, kind of like a suction type deal that sucks in the air that's going to hit the front of the trailer behind your behind your cab. So uh, it keeps uh, wind resistance hitting the the uh, front of your trailer behind your cab. Uh, so that that's basically what those are for. And as far as air tabs, they do a different method of um, kind of kicking the air out, but it does put it in a twisting method, not as much as Vorblades put a twisting method into it, but it kicks it out also. Now, I'm not a big fan of kickouts. Neither is my father, and uh, nobody in NASCAR is either. You won't ever see any NASCAR have kickouts. Uh, kickouts are bad for aerodynamics, in our opinion, because uh, you're still getting wind resistance from the kickout. Uh, you want to keep it as smooth as possible. You want a straight line. You know, most of your trucks that, that are had some aerodynamic work on them, you'll see that most of them are just a straight, smooth line. I'll give an example: is uh, Linda Caffey. If you look at her um, her expedite truck, uh, you'll see her her wheels or her drive tires are covered with straight, uh, smooth sides. And then, uh, so you want to stay away from kickouts. Not a big fan of wings, although the wing does help if you don't have anything at all. But the wings that are going, don't, are going on top of the trucks, they, uh, they help kick it over the trailer. So they're good, but you're better off with, uh, with a modified roof or something that came from the factory. Yeah, you're better, I, off yeah you're better off with an air dam, a lot better off with an air dam. Air dam, thank you, thank you. I couldn't think of the yeah. word, but um, I, that's. I mean, there's more to driving for fuel mileage. I mean, you can visit the Facebook page, you know, nine plus miles per gallon group. If you uh, need more information, uh, contact Tim Hepler. He'll get you in the group and and uh, help you out when possible. Yeah, um, we uh, we just had a, a caller that had a question. He dropped, uh, but we'll go ahead and address it. Because it's, it's a good question. Uh, he wanted us to talk about how we're calculating our fuel mileage. Now, I don't know what you use, but I know that me and Russ, we use fuel gauges. We use the Let's Truck, uh, Let's Truck app, the fuel gauges program. It'll calculate your fuel mileage on a 30-day basis. You can see 30-day, 60-day, 90-day, and lifetime. Uh, usually when you're using the app, you see 30-day. But you can see all the others from the website. So uh, that you go to letstruck.com um, and you can find the fuel gauges mm-hmm. services. The app, if you go to the app store or Google Play, you just search Let's Truck, it'll come up. It's free and it's great. It's an awesome way to yep. um, track your fuel mileage. Do you use that app or do you use, you use something else? I actually used to use fuel gauges when I first started trucking, um, when I first started owner operator trucking. And, um, you know, I, I did fairly well. I was doing about eight. to 9 on there. I found out that there's just so many different ways I'm receiving the information that I'm using, that I'm getting fuel mileage. Um, All right, uh, let's see, the truck itself, the dash, tracks it, but everybody will tell you that's not accurate, especially in the 9 plus miles per gallon group. You know, it it was usually maybe a, a tenth or two off from fuel gauges. So, I mean, it's a good... It's a good guide. Definitely use the the one on your dash as a guide. So I I highly recommend that, even though I wouldn't totally go by it, but it's a good guide to go by. 
Um, you also have your Qualcomm. There's a you can go in the deep into your Qualcomm and see in there your lifetime fuel mileage on your truck. And uh, I can release a video for you guys to see that. Um, it'll tell you the lifetime fuel mileage of your truck, which I think I'm at 8.9 now. I've, I was a bit of a lead foot when I first got my truck, and I was getting, I was doing more miles, less money <laughs> at that time um, before I started doing the whole fuel mileage thing. And um, let's see, there's uh, another thing where they actually do it on paper for me through the company I'm with, and uh, they'll send me a message through my Qualcomm, and uh, it's all done by, you know, how much fuel I purchased at the place I purchased because they received my fuel receipts, and uh, the Qualcomm reports back to them the uh, odometer reading when I'm fueling up. So it's done on paper through that, and that's usually what I go by. And it gives they give me usually a a week and a thirteen week average, and uh, I actually do quite well on that one. My best thirteen week average I think was eleven eleven three. So. Dang. <clears throat> Wow. Uh, well, us in the nine plus in the nine plus miles per gallon group take our fuel mileage seriously. <laughs> oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, fuel gauges. One I more really like it's so easy. Yeah, fuel gauges I really like because it's so easy and it's free and it's very accurate. Um, it takes right. like ten seconds to put the information in. I just do it right there when I'm fueling up. Oh, exactly. And. Um, and then there's also, you were talking about using your computer as a guide. Another thing you can do, I mean, we're talking to company drivers mainly right now. Um, and the reason is because most companies have a fuel mileage bonus program. So if you want to get into your fuel mileage bonus program, depending on how good it is, I mean, some companies have, like, really good ones. Like, I know MVT gives away a motorcycle, like, once a quarter or something like that. Right. So, I mean, if you're really into it, um, you could buy a scan gauge. It might be worth it. You know, it's two fifty right. for the scan gauge. So mm-hmm. that was, that's another thing that could really help you with your driving habits. And uh, if you're a company driver, depending on how good the bonus program is, it might be worth it to buy one. I don't know. I know it's definitely worth, right. worth it as an owner-operator, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I drive by that all the time. There's yeah, another factor in uh, – Figuring up your your fuel mileage, and that's uh, choosing your loads. You know, if mm. you're all the time choosing 40-plus thousand pounds to haul, then no, you're not going to see uh, 10, 11 miles per gallon. But, you know, if you're selective on what you choose and, and get the big miles with those with those light loads, um, I, I, I swear sometimes uh, most of my loads, I'd say uh, – about sixty, maybe seventy percent of my loads do not weigh over twenty thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. And they're full loads. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, choosing yeah. your loads is a big part of it. And uh, just a heads up out there that the difference between seven point five and nine point five miles per gallon in a three thousand mile work week is four hundred dollars back in your pocket. So I'm I'm not just spewing out random stuff here. I'm telling you how to save money and. You know, this is how you save money. You put money back in your pocket, you know, with that kind of a difference. That's sometimes that's some people's you know week's pay, <laughs> and you're you're saving that much in fuel. Yep, absolutely. You're gonna say something, Russ? Um, yeah, I was. Load weights. Load weights. Yeah, load weights. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I do the same thing. Um, most of the stuff, most of the stuff I do uh, is short. Uh, I try to stay on flat ground as much as possible and light as possible. And now the load I brought mm-hmm. over here was forty thousand, uh, but I usually do okay pulling that one over here. I can usually stay in the mid sevens uh, coming th- and coming through the mountains with it. Um, so, but yeah, it, yeah, load weights is. Uh, um, extremely important. Yeah, I I try to stay you know, just like you, you know, under twenty thousand. Um, Using I ten and I twenty are really good, especially if you're running team. Uh, for any new teams out there, um, my wife and I, as I said, we run team and uh, we do coast to coast. We do you know North Carolina to California, California back to North Carolina, or so on and so forth. We actually go all over, but mainly we go to California and back for the most part. Uh, east coast, west coast, west coast, east coast, so on and so forth. And uh, choosing those loads to go I-10 and I-20 versus going 40, which has a lot more mountains, you know, choosing I-10 or I-20 to ride those routes, those are those interstates are a lot more flat than the mountains. So I'm glad you brought up the point of looking for flat roads and mountains. Yeah, I just – well, I uh, I kind of stay in the northern Midwest. And uh, every now and then, uh, you know, a load will just pay too good for me not to haul it over to uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, but usually right. when I come over here, uh, you know, I'm like um, usually 15000 or under. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, so, I mean, if I'm 15000 or under, uh, I have no problem getting decent fuel mileage even coming through the mountains of uh, Pennsylvania. And right. – uh, you know, so yeah, so I try to stay light. But yeah, most of the time, I mean, I'm in Ohio, Illinois, Indiana. I mean, it's pretty flat. So um, mountains yeah, really can't hurt you fun. that much if you're if you're light and you know how to work that Georgia Overdrive. They really won't hurt you as much. I've actually gotten uh, ten and a half in in the Colorado mountains there uh, one time going going to Pueblo delivering in Pueblo. So, I mean, it, it's doable. Wow. You can still get that kind of fuel mileage going through mountains. Like I said, you just got to watch your coasting and coast whenever you see and, and just make sure you're safe about it because, you know, coasting is a very advanced technique of driving. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, and I, I mean, I almost never use the cruise course. I mean, I'm in an old truck. Um, now, if I'm on flat ground, I will. But, you know, I mean, I'm constantly on the throttle because, I mean, I can beat my cruise by um, – about three quarters of a mile per gallon, uh, you know, just using the throttle. Um, now I'm not sure about with these new predictive cruises how much you're actually beating them, but it does it does pretty good in the in the big hills. Like you know, you'll be you'll be climbing a hill. It does it in the the right RPM. It doesn't lug down, and then you know it does what you're supposed to do. When you get to the top of the hill, it'll shift into neutral. George Overdrive, right, and coast over the top of the hill and a little ways down, and then you know kick back into gear. So yeah, it does pretty good. <laughs> so I got you saying it now, hill, <laughs> huh? I said I got you what saying it now, George Overdrive. <laughs> I like it. I like it, George Overdrive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that. Um, you have it. Uh, but since we're talking about, since we're talking about driving in the hills. Uh, Ross, why don't you talk about the best way to drive in the hills with a with a manual? Uh, well, let's hear it. 
with the manual, uh, well, I mean, it's not, you know, it's really not that much different. Um, you know, now uh, when I start looking at a hill, um, you know, of course, I've, if I'm coasting down one side, you know, I'll, I'll let it run up to, uh, you know, the speed limit. And uh, then I'll, I may let it coast up the other side a little bit, but I usually start getting back into the throttle, but I get back into it light uh, to kind of help me get up the hill. Um, mm-hmm. that way I'm not, uh, well, you know, that way I'm not, you know, having to really power on it, you know, to get up over the hill. Um, so like I said, that's what seems to work, especially with my 12, seven, uh, uh, I haven't, I don't have enough experience driving one of the DD 15s in it, but if I lightly get back into the throttle and keep my boost way down, um, you know, sometimes I can get up over the hill and never, you know, never even break 10% on the boost. Um, so and then of course like I said when I break the next hill I mean I'm back off the throttle and um, uh, a lot of times I'll even drop mine into 13th gear because I stay in 12th all the time but you know going downhill I'll drop it into 13th and uh, which is my overdrive you know and let it roll down the hill Um, now if I am looking at a bigger hill um, when I get to the bottom what have you I may go ahead and start winding it up and kind of keep my speed up uh, a little bit you know, to uh, so I can get up over the next one. Now, like with the, uh, I don't have to do that quite as much anymore, especially since I've uh, put all the high horsepower stuff on there. I mean, um, I can have forty five thousand in the box, and I can stay in twelfth gear and run up, run up most hills at fifty seven miles an hour if I want to. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, uh, you know, easy on the throttle, or you know, coast as far as you can, and then kind of easy on the throttle, and you know, see if I can not get my turbo boost way the heck up before I get over the hill. And then, uh, you know, like you're saying, Georgia overdrive, I, I don't actually kick mine in neutral, but, you know, <laughs> I'll drop it into 13th and, you know, just let it basically coast down the other side. So. Yeah. Well, that's, um, sound like you know what you're doing about... there, brother. Yeah, well, I break nine pretty regular. It looks like we got a caller. Yeah, we actually have a question on the line. So I'm going to bring on Ben in Alabama. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good. What can we do do for you tonight? Um, I I have a 97 Freightliner Classic. Um, I'm looking at trading in to get a 2014 Cascadia with a DD-15 and the automatic Eden Fuller um, 10-speed, I believe, is uh, what it is. Uh, I was asking... uh, Pretty much, what were your ideas on the better fuel economy and um, troubles with it, and what you can look at for a range with the 2014, and if that is a good, um, durable truck? Yeah, it's definitely a good, durable truck. Uh, I'm gonna let Mel- I'm gonna let Melissa talk about this a bit. Uh, actually, the call screener Becky uh, is driving that truck, except she's got a uh, um, she has a uh, oh help me here the dead axle what's it called uh, oh yeah she has a tag axle six by two yeah it's a six by I actually two, had the, I actually axle. drove the fifteen model of that truck and I can tell you right off the gate what kind of fuel mileage you're gonna get okay yeah hey, you're, okay you're, look, you're looking at I had a fifteen model when I start when I was running company and uh, keep in mind I was company so I didn't really have to worry about fuel mileage but um, if you're actually trying to drive for fuel mileage and you really try because 
there towards the end, I tried to see what I could do in a company truck to see if I could go on a operator, if I could save the money in fuel. And, um, well, you, you, if you really, really work hard, you can get nine easy. You can get nine if you, if you apply yourself. But uh, if you just run normal, you're looking at, at, at about eight miles per gallon in that truck. If you just, you know, run speed limit and that type of thing. But if you want to slow it down, look for your lowest RPM in your last year, all the, all the tips that we gave earlier. You're looking at a, at a good nine, nine and a half in that truck. Okay, that's 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 pretty good. Um, with the one that I got now, it's a uh, thirteen-speed manual, and I do a lot of the things that the other gentleman was uh, talking about with dropping it uh, or pushing it up to thirteen speed to uh, coast down the mountains. Uh, it also has a uh, twelve point seven with three point five five rear ends, and over the last two years of driving the truck, um, I've got it up to an average of six on uh, fuel gauges. Um, now, when I run the mountains, of course, it drops down to like five two five. But uh, once I start on, um, you know, getting on flat land or whatnot, I can work it back up within a week or so, back up to six. Uh, I'm pulling flatbed as well, so I can pick my loads a little better uh, where I'm least on that. My my apologies. I was under the assumption you were driving, so you're running flatbed. Yeah, you're, yes, you're yes, probably looking bed. at eight and a half. I think you're looking at eight and a half. And the, and the flatbed is going to drop you down a little bit because of aerodynamics. But um, I think you're looking at eight, eight and a half in that truck, uh, personally. Okay. Um, you may be able to get nine depending on your weight, what, how heavy your loads are. Uh, how how heavy are they? Um, they vary. Um, I would say over the last year they're kind of averaging about 30,000. Uh, of course, you get your 45, 48,000, depends on where you're at, but – uh, like the one I'm on now, uh, full truck load, 10,000 pounds. One big steel beam in said, the back. <laughs> and you said your current truck, you're getting six, six, six point five. No, six. Uh, six is the best that I've got. Oh, get the new truck, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're <laughs> looking at probably around four, yeah. five hundred dollars in your pocket that, a week in savings. That, that's exactly what I was going to tell him. He's going to have an extra five hundred dollars a week in his pocket. Um, yep. Put that with, money in your pocket. Yeah, yep. Well, yep. with uh, uh, exactly. pro- with profit gauges, I was doing the uh, calculations. I'm like, well, you know, what I'm spending in maintenance because it's an older truck and the the parts and things are higher now. Uh, when I first started, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but uh, the fuel right. and what I'm putting in maintenance now, I'm like, you know, that's easily a truck payment for a couple of years, and I'm done. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're on the right path. Uh, if you move into that new truck, you're going to see a lot more profit. I think so. Um, okay. I don't see anybody telling you differently, especially in the nine plus miles per gallon group. So yeah, yeah, and that's a good Facebook group. I, I like uh, reading through and seeing the information and such on it. <laughs> it's helped a lot. <laughs> yep, a lot of good information on there. It's a lot of good aerodynamic information. You'll see a lot of aerodynamics on there. There, there is some engine, engine, uh, or actual maintenance of the truck itself that you can do. That I'm still learning on. I'm still a student myself. We're all still students, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, I have the uh, air tabs. Uh, I got the uh, balanced uh, wheel uh, centromatics on the tires, low rolling uh, resistance. And uh, so forth to help out with everything. Okay, there you go. Not, uh, 
Running right, single well, uh, helps too. Uh, I I didn't want to incur that expense. I just put uh, all aluminum rims to get rid of the um the um extra weight steel of the one? steel. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, I appreciate your time and uh, thank you very much for the input. Hey, you're Absolutely. Welcome, buddy. Thanks for calling. Be safe out there, driver. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of things that, that we wrote down when we were talking about doing the show. One of the things, since you mentioned NASCAR, how about drafting? What do we think of drafting? I, I can tell you exactly what I think of drafting because I, I, I see that it works on the scan gauge, and I, I'll give you some examples here. Uh, you know, I mosey along at 57 miles an hour, and when I have a truck come over uh, in front of me a whole lot closer than he should – uh, I can watch, uh, you know, I watch my boost go down. I watch my instant uh, miles per gallon change. And it's amazing the distance because, you know, they're usually running 65, 70 miles an hour. Uh, but probably for, you know, a, at least 100 feet and maybe a little further than that, I actually see a benefit from it. Now, am I recommending drafting somebody? Absolutely not. Oh. Um, not safe you know i i I usually keep about eight you know eight plus second you know following distance but Mm -hmm. uh i see why you know why eventually these companies that want to have the autonomous trucks are talking about platooning i i I think uh, especially with the new aerodynamic trucks they're going to see some unbelievable fuel mileages uh with drafting well the thing is with drafting at our speed versus NASCAR speed, you know, you're talking about 200-mile-an-hour cars here, which leave a wind tunnel, you know, probably about three to four car lengths behind it, you know, going 200 miles per hour. We're talking about 55 miles per hour here, which probably leaves a few feet, you know, of drafting that you can get up in. And in order to draft another truck, you really have to be on the the DOT bumper just about – to get a good draft off of it. Every now and then you might fill it when that, that super trucker cuts off in front of you and you get a little bit of draft off of that. But um, it's really, at our speed, it's not even worth the safety risk. Um, and it's against the law. You can get a ticket for that. Yeah. So I highly yeah. recommend not drafting. <laughs> right. Yeah, Especially it, as a exactly. trainer. Like I said, well, yeah, yeah, I was a trainer too. But, you know, we, we just happened to talk about uh, when we were writing all the stuff down for the show, we just happened to, you know, talk about it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just sitting here watching it happen. You know, I just watched it happen, you know, all day long in front of me. And, you know, for a mm-hmm. few feet, I see a benefit. And then it's, but, you know, there's no way I would ever, you know. Yeah, it's like they say in uh, Mythbusters plausible, but not uh, recommended. No, pl- <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, highly freaking. Pretty dangerous. much. Yeah. 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 Do not draft. Um, <laughs> no, do not draft. Um, another thing which I kind of uh, talked about briefly uh, is um, not idling. Well, I didn't really talk about that. I talked about my APU was down. Um, I had just got it repaired, and uh, now it's down again. Uh, but yeah, driving for well, fuel mileage. I- you know, I mean, go ahead. I feel I feel you on that, Russ. Um, I'm 
currently, like I said, driving solo because the wife is on medical leave, and I do not have an AP unit on my truck, so I am quite envious of the two of you, even though yours is broke at the moment. <laughs> I'm actually quite envious, so I actually have to idle because it's, I drive nights, and during the day, it's like 90-some degrees, so I actually have to idle, or otherwise I die of heat. <laughs> so, um, but oh, yeah. even with idling for yeah. my 10-hour break, I'm still seeing 8.8 .8 right now, so... That's oh, on yeah. my dash. Yeah, that's awesome. I I know it's uh, it makes a huge difference in my truck. Um, if I you know have to idle because I mean you, you don't you know I didn't realize exactly how much until it broke how much I was you know dependent on that thing because you know in the mornings uh, my coffee pot usually wakes me up I have the timer set on it and what have you and the coffee pot goes off and then the APU goes oh crap we got a huge power draw we need to start. You know, so the APU fires up, and, you know, I wake up to the smell of coffee brewing in the truck. Um, you know, that and not having to idle and what have you. So, I, uh, you know, um, for a couple of weeks, I was having issues out of it. I was tracing wires, tracing wires, tracing wires, finally got it figured out. But, um, you know, so I'd have to get up in the morning and fire up the truck to run the coffee pot. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, hot weather or, you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, to cook. I mean, I cook all the time in the truck. So, I mean, if I was cooking in the truck, I was having to idle my truck. I mean, everything I've got pulls large amounts of power. And it, um, uh, you know, my fuel mileage took a massive hit. That, and I was having some issues out of the truck, which I uh, uh, I had uh, uh, different turbo and stuff like that put on. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, amazing just the idle time, uh, what it was doing to my fuel mileage. I mean, it was killing it. Um, so yeah, I, uh, here, um, I don't know if, I don't know if it'll be later tonight or tomorrow, but I'm going to get the alternator off of it and get the new alternator put on it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have that fixed because all night long of, um, uh, yeah, of idling versus that thing running all night long. I think I burn, I might burn a gallon of fuel in 10 hours with that thing. Um, versus, you know, my idle. I probably burn half a gallon. Yeah, you, you know, like I said, I've got an old unit, you've got a new unit. So, I mean, it's, but still, you know, versus idling in my oh, truck, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm at a, probably a gallon an hour. Yep. Exactly. Uh, For those that are reason. listening, there's an accident in Biloxi right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Biloxi on I-10. I, so, so this is the one thing I haven't figured out how to beat, other than with, uh, other than I'd have to buy a new truck. But, uh, well, I, I don't think anybody's figured out how to beat it. Wind, mm. wind is probably my biggest fuel mileage killer. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm having to deal with a headwind or a crosswind or, or um, something like that, and I've got some wind apps and what have you, and if I can, if I can route myself where I'm, uh, you know, without really going out of route bad. Uh, if I know some roads where I'm going to have some wind blockage, like for crosswinds and stuff like that, um, you know, I try to take those instead of, um, you know, instead of where I'm going to be out in the open, you know, and getting, uh, you know, I mean, crosswinds almost as bad as a headwind. Uh, Mother Nature is our biggest I, adversary in this industry. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, yeah, that, you know, uh, winter, I mean, wintertime, I drop a mile per gallon. I mean, I go... I go from hitting in the nines to uh, hitting in the eights. Rain. Rain will drop your fuel mileage. Yeah. 
you know, when it rains or anything uh-huh. like that. But, you know, I mean, winter wintertime winter blend fuels and uh, that cold air temperature, you know, you're just not mm-hmm. – your the cold air temperature is great if, you, uh, if you're if you an airline pilot or have a private plane. I mean, that gives you awesome lift, and they operate real well, well through it. Sucks if you're in a commercial vehicle, uh, you know, trying to push mm-hmm. it. Uh, uh, you know, basically you trying to push it hot. Run, Do what? Yeah, you want your engine. To, you want your engine to run hot. Well, not too hot, but definitely right. you want to. You don't want it to be in cold air because it doesn't run efficiently in cold air. Right. Uh, you mentioned wind apps. One really good wind app that I really like is Wind Alert, especially if you're going to be running light. Uh, wind Alert is great. So you, so you know what you're going to be driving into. Um, it's is that free or is that cost? I can't remember. Um, it might be two bucks. Yeah, you know what? I think the wind alert actually costs. Now this one here, look, it shows we have a tailwind right now. Yeah. Uh, Which one's that one? Uh, that is Wind Hunter. Wind Hunter. So yeah, wind alert is that free or is that cost? Uh, I think wind alert costs. Well, what about wind? Hunter? Wind Hunter, I believe, is free. Okay. So. And uh, it'll. Uh, It'll show you the uh, grade of road you're on. Um, it'll it'll give show you your um, how much drag you have. You know, of course, it's all estimated, uh, but it'll give you the uh, wind speed, wind direction, what have you, uh, and it takes into consideration uh, how you're moving and what have you. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all, that's been uh, that's definitely been nice, especially I get into some really nasty wind areas and if i'm light and uh that thing starts screaming at me that i'm getting some real bad winds uh you know it, it may be time to hit a parking area right oh here's something that everybody likes to talk about when it comes to fuel mileage fuel additives oh I don't use them. well I, I okay i can't say i don't um I do every now and then, uh, but mainly more so to clean the fuel system than to, you know, regularly run it through the fuel system. Um, maybe once. I only a do it in the winter. Like yeah, about once a quarter or so. I've got something. I mean, it eats algae. It gets water real good. It cleans the fuel system real good that I use, and I'll dump it in my tanks. And I always want to make sure I have a fuel filter because I have dumped it in the tanks and all of a sudden my fuel filter turned black. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it works well. And um, yeah, and then every now and then in the winter, you know, I, you know, I may use a little more of it or something like that. But yeah, I, I haven't seen the real benefit to it uh, in these. I have with that product I have uh, on the small pickup, I've seen a ten percent difference. But exactly. I, I, but yeah, I can't. You know, I can't measure a difference, uh, you know, in the truck. All right. That happens a lot with, you know, small diesel engines versus the the bigger ones. It does, just, just doesn't translate over. But everyone's A lot of things you want to look at when you're searching for your best fuel fuel mileage is your return on investment. There's your big thing mm-hmm. right there. That's your big yep. – I'd say that's your biggest topic right there of the night is your return on investment. Now, if I invest – this kind of money in this product, and it and it does save me. How much fuel mileage is it going to save me? Is it going to save me enough in a year of time to pay for itself and to actually put extra money in my pocket? Is it worth the investment? You know, look at your truck. Is it worth the investment to add all these extra 
gizmos, doohickeys, you know, to your truck to increase your truck fuel mileage just a tenth of a mile or, or you know, or what have you. You got to look at the return on investment for in, you know, keep your eye on the prize, which is definitely a profit. You know, if you're looking at re- you want revenue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, return on investment absolutely. is is the big factor. Yeah, I was actually shocked when I put uh, um, I swapped from uh, I'd been running duels, been running all position tires, uh, uh, but well, I was running Yokohamas, uh, real low rolling resistance Yokohamas uh, for years. Uh, in all positions, and anyway, I swapped to um, the wide singles, and I was amazed at the fuel mileage gain. I didn't get that much gain in fuel mileage, and where I really noticed it is when I was heavy. When I was heavy, those wide singles outperformed uh, the duels, and, and you know, with a noticeable difference. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, since we're talking about tires, uh, tire pressures. Um, now I run a, uh, a TST system, but before I did that, I mean, I was, I was constantly, uh, you know, checking my tire pressures. Um, and now, you know, once a week or, uh, every couple of weeks, like I said, I got, since I got the TST system, I always know what my pressures are, but, you know, I'll run through a, uh, a loves and hit the tire pass. And aren't they running some kind of? Tell me they yeah, running a special. They're running a special right now where every time you use the tire pass, they give you 500 points, and 500 points pays for the tire. Pays pass. for the tire. So pass. basically, they're giving away for free right now. Right. Five bucks exactly. for free in the store. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or you know, five bucks for you. You know, for your next tire pass. Because I mean, I roll through there pretty regular. And you know, make sure that my tires are are where I want them. Now, they, some of the guys look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them what pressures I run. But um, you know, they'll. I'm do with you on that, Russ. I'm with you on that. I, I run through the loves once a week to, to make sure everything's kosher on my tires. So I, I'm with you on that. Loves tire pass. That's the way to go to check on your tires. And uh, yep. Even that, the other thing is right tire now, pressure. Tire. Tire pressure can also affect your fuel mileage. You know how much tire pressure in there. I, I usually um, put mine at 110. I think the recommended is 100, if I'm not mistaken. But I do mine at 110, so that way I got less resistance on the road. Because the more inflated it is, okay. the more uh, the less resistance you're going to have uh, from your tire hitting the road. Kind of think of a my, my my father actually explained it best to me is uh, kind of think of a motorcycle. You know, you see that round tire that the motorcycle has. You know, the more inflated that motorcycle is, that motorcycle tire is, the less tire it's going to be on the road, which means less resistance. So, but you don't want to overinflate, so, you know, safety thing. Yep. Uh, well, it's a little off topic, but we got somebody that has a question about bobtail insurance, so let's see if we can help them out. Hey, Leo, you're on the air. Uh, good evening. Uh, I'm buying my very first truck, and uh, I'm having a little bit of problems uh, getting bobtail insurance to drive the truck off the dealer to the shop and, uh, you know, moving it around. Uh, I tried, I hear Kevin talking about Geico, he insurance, they didn't get back to me, or I think, uh, or I think that they declined to, to insure me. Uh, also, when I went to the OIDA number, 
they also they go by uh, the zip code. They will refer you to uh, farming insurance or deep, whatever is available in your zip code, and they will, you will be contacted. And uh, uh, I tried twice, and they didn't get back to me. And um, <laughs> I I still have uh, nasty to try. You, you know, uh, you know who you should ask this question to. I, I know the uh, the guy that's really good on insurance questions is Kenny Long. His podcast is oh. on uh, Tuesdays at uh, is it seven p.m. on Tuesdays? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's at seven. Yeah, seven p.m. on Tuesdays. Yeah. he's he's really good on insurance questions. I'm, sh- you know what, I'm trying. Uh, I can't believe nobody will get back to you on. You said they. Did you say they're turning you down or won't get back to you? Is that what is that what I heard? Geico, Geico told me no, uh, flat out. Even though I hear uh, that Kevin insured one of his uh, trucks uh, to pull a, a toy hauler or something like it, or a, a, a boat as well. And and, and Ida will refer you to whatever insurance are available on your zip code. And... Both uh, didn't get back to me. I tried it today and yesterday. I still had to try Nastics in in uh, uh Yeah, they and, they could probably help you. Well, if okay. all else fails, he can always lease on to a company, and they usually provide Bobtail insurance if he leases on. As, yeah, as, like I said, exactly. all if all else fails. Yeah, and and you know yeah. why I'm getting this truck ready? Fix this truck to a to a level that. I, I can trust it to put it on the road to work. Uh, I, I need I need insurance just to move right. it around. Not, not really our area, but if you call Kenny's show on Tuesday, or uh, he has a Facebook page, Trucking with Authority, you can go to his Facebook page, try to get in touch with him there. Um, I'll send him a message, uh, let him know to look out for your question, and I know he'll be able to help you out. He's really good with stuff like that. Okay? Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Okay, we've got another question here. We've got Carl in Florida. Hey, Carl, you're on the air. Hi, I'm on the air. Yes, sir. Hi. Hi. Thank, thanks for having me on your show. So I, I've, I've been listening to you for for a little bit, and uh, I want to know, get, you know, given all your experience, see what I uh, I, I came into some money. I would say about six, seven months ago, uh, my mother, uh, God rest her, she had passed away. And uh, I, I, I always wanted to start my own trucking business. What was the number one thing? I would say the number one thing you would take into consideration before starting your own trucking business. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's that's several number one things. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, well, a lot of number one things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of numbers. Can you get a little uh, wait, more in-depth okay, question? Right. right. Well, I can uh, get, wait, well, I, well, what the, the kind of idea that I have in mind is, uh, like, I, I want to have a fleet, like, of trucks, and uh, I want to have lot lizards to fuck me in the butt. You understand? Oh. And uh, really just... <laughs> what the hell? Okay. i tell you what, some people... <laughs> Oh, moving on. Where were we? That guy is interesting. Oh, yeah. Snyder put out a video about 
uh, driving habits, which is where we started the show. So I think we should end the show on the same thing. Um, remember uh, a conscientious driver <laughs> versus a driver that, you know, just drives on cruise control and stuff like that? Right. What, what was that? Explain that one. Um Uh, well, I kind of did earlier. Yeah, um, the, um, yeah, they they did put out a video here several years ago, uh, and uh, they drove the exact same route. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did it in Green Bay. And uh, now they did use just they just used the um, uh, uh, the miles the fuel miles per gallon that's uh, registered by the truck. But anyway. Uh, long story short, they took and on the first trip, they didn't pay attention to how hard they were accelerating or anything like that. They hit every gear, uh, didn't time, uh, didn't time their lights, um, didn't skip shift. Yeah. yeah, did all the bad stuff, and they came out with the uh, and I don't remember what the number was. Uh, but they came out with an X miles per gallon on that. Well, anyway, so they started the exact same trip again, and uh, they were skip shifting. Uh, they were progressive shifting. Uh, they were timing, you know, timing lights, trying to hold back and, and wait, make sure the light was going to, you know, so the light would turn green so it didn't have to slow down so much. And if I remember correctly, they beat it by about two and a half or three miles per gallon uh, on the same route. Yeah. Um, which, like I said, was you know pretty amazing to sit there and watch, um, you know the difference, and you know, and just driving styles. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, have know. you have you seen anything on that, uh, William? The difference in fuel mileage between driving conscientiously and uh, not. Well, mainly, um, my consciousness is pretty much setting your cruise at 55 for, for the most part and then if you see a hill i mean the only consciousness i'm pretty much needing in the automatic 16 is you know i just gotta tap the brake for my for my georgia overdrive to kick in and uh you know the other driving habits like i said earlier as a review is is uh you know kind of coasting up to to um red lights and you know not coming yeah. to a complete stop you know waiting for it to turn green before you come to that complete stop, you know, coasting up to it. And uh, exit right. ramps also. You don't want to fly into that exit ramp and then slam on your jake brake like most drivers I see doing. You know, pick uh, yeah. look 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 about a half a mile ahead of time before you hit that exit ramp and, and um, then start letting it cruise or coast on in. Once you get up that exit ramp, then you'll, you'll um, coast right up in there and then, then throw your jake. So, I mean, you're getting a bunch of miles there at 500 RPMs, five or 600 RPMs, which is pretty much free miles for you. You know, that's what you're looking for when you're doing the coast method. You're looking for free miles. Where can I get some free right. free miles at? So Right, exactly. Just call, okay, so we're coming so down to the last two seconds of the show. I got one more caller on. Looks like he just wants to give a shout-out. So let's bring Tom on there real quick to close it out. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Anyway, like I was saying about the butt sex, I want it to be oh fair. <laughs> this guy, he's got to be some kind of con artist. He got through twice. What is he saying? I think you should I, do I a show on him. 
I, I think I need to get him arrested. I'm going to trace his phone number and call the cops. Um, anyways, so that that was pretty much it for the show. Thanks very much, uh, William, for calling in and helping us out. Uh, I'm sorry You're about welcome. the idiot, but what are you going to do? Idiots happen. Uh, so, hey. uh, hopefully we can have you on again. It's a comedy release. Thanks very much again. Yeah, comedy release. All right, thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Russ. Nice to meet you, Russ. Yep, nice to meet you, man. All right, so that's the end of the show. Um, uh, just wanted to let everybody know about our Facebook page. You can go to Trucking 101 on Audio Road. Go check out that Facebook page. Give us a like. You can send us a message there if you have a question or a comment. And uh, if you are an experienced driver, you can share our pod. Please share our podcast. Uh, I have a pinned post on the top of the Facebook page where you can go to to make sharing the podcast easy. So please help us get the word out. You can reach us also through Let's Truck at 855-800-FUEL or email support at letstruck.com. I wanted to tell you about the other podcasts. Uh, Tuesday nights, well, actually, let's start with Sunday. Sunday nights is um, Rolling Toll with Mike and Kevin Beckett. Really good show, very educational, um, and also very funny. Two pretty funny guys. And then um, Tuesdays is Trucking with Authority with Kenny Long, 7 p.m. Eastern. Wednesdays is um, Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad, also at 7 p.m. Eastern. And check out Destination Health at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, Really good show, too, if you wanted to focus on health. So thanks, everybody, for calling in, listening, and asking questions. And we will talk to you next week.